Welcome in to the League of Mediocre Gentlemen Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome back to episode two of the League of Mediocre Gentlemen Fantasy Football Podcast. Joining me today, I have Ryan Carroll and Sean Face Devlin. Boys, what's going on? Happy to be here. I'm excited about this new app. This is uh, much better than me calling three people, putting one on a speaker through my computer, one on a speaker through my iPad, and one on a speaker through my cell phone, and just hoping that the uh, computer picked up all the voice voices. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here, honestly. You know, I've been asking to be on a podcast here for, I'm saying, going on six years now. So I'm just really happy that Johnny gave me the opportunity to make my debut. Ready to kill it. And and honestly, showing your dedication, Sean, we were supposed to start this an hour ago and you're an hour <laughs> late because you're having whiskey sours selling shit pumps. I mean, yeah, well, hey, you know, someone's got to pay the bills around here. You got to pay for Silva's entry somehow. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. At this rate, it's looking like that <laughs> is more and more likely by the week. Yeah. So maybe we, maybe we start there. Sean, obviously you had a certain draft strategy, um, or maybe it wasn't a strategy, just what you ended up with. But your team has two incredible running backs, and one goes down, and your team is kind of – it's kind of looking like a punching bag right now. What what are you doing to get through this? What's your plan? Well, uh, step one is panic. Um, that <laughs> has already set in. Uh, step two uh, is don't trade either of my workhorses. That was uh, honestly that. I mean that. There's no real no real secret. My draft strategy was I wanted two of the who I thought were the top five running backs, and I even thought two maybe of the possibly top three. Don't know why people were sleeping on Jones this year. Um, but we, uh, yeah, uh, the, the things have, things have fallen off. Things have fallen off the rails here, uh, rather quickly. I mean, McCaffrey injured is just that, that was going to hurt me really, uh, really, uh, you know, I, I'm probably wasn't going to win very many weeks without him. And now this week without Aaron Jones, uh, things, things are, things are looking down. <laughs> so so McCaffrey's coming back what week week six uh week it's seven. um I thought it was going to be week six but I'm reading some places week uh, seven I it's it's between week six so and seven. what would it what are you looking for for him uh honestly at this point I'm really trying to hold on to him if possible um so it's a uh, but everyone has a price. Like if Dave gives you Zeke, I'm assuming. Yeah. Take oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it, it would have to, I, I obviously I need a lot of help at the wide receiver position. So if someone was going to give me, you know, a bona fide stud wide receiver and, you know, possibly a flex level, I would probably be looking for an RB two as well. So what if uh, someone get? What if Perk gives you Ty, offered you Tyreek? See, I'm not. I don't know. I I the only person I really like uh, the two people I like the most in in um, Kansas City's offense are obviously Mahomes and and then uh, Kelsey. Those are the two guys that I actually value the highest over there. Probably I'm not as high on Reek 
maybe as everyone else. I had him maybe two years ago, I think it was. Or was it was last year. I can't remember. But um, it was it was it was yeah, last it was year. Last year, yeah. And he he was and he got he got he got hurt and then he just never really. He kind of was just hit or miss last yeah, year. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe that's probably why. Actually, that's exactly why I still have a, a sour taste in my mouth uh, about Reek. So I I wouldn't no I wouldn't jump for him per se. Makes makes sense. So, Ryan, how about how about on to you? You you kind of went with your normal kind of draft strategy. It's kind of let everyone else spend, and I guess you did get your two top running backs, but then you kind of got some wide receiver value after that. Where are you at with your your team right now? I know a tough loss to, uh, you know, Mikey on Monday night. But what's where are you at right now? I know you're about to make like six different trades. You just can't sit still this so, long. So what's up? The, the, so I'm actually I'm tempted to hang for a while because like last year I dug myself a big hole and got to like I don't know it was one or six or one and seven and knew I had to run the table so I was playing straight week to week and I ended up at the end of the year with an amazing team doing that strategy because I was playing all matchups at every position like so I was losing theoretically on paper a lot of trades but because I was playing matchups, I was accumulating people that had good weeks, so then I could in turn sell them the next week for higher, which is a lot of a lot of time consumption, and you really have to be dedicated to that strategy. But I ended up with like Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott as my running backs at the end of the year, because I was constantly trading people with good matchups who would perform well, and then I'd upsell them. Um, I'm not at that week-to-week strategy yet. I'm comfortable with my team. Um, I have a feeling that running backs, as they do every year, as they've already done a little bit this year, are going to get more and more scarce. So I'm com- I understand that bench players don't score us any points and don't count week-to-week, but I do feel like I am putting out a winning starting lineup that can win matchups and I'm going to let some of those bench players kind of acute the bench running backs accumulate in value. So people start getting desperate and then hopefully can pull off some two for ones later in the year to get some stud wide receivers or even higher range stud running backs. Mm-hmm. But what about you, John? I told, I had uh, texted you earlier today that, um, well, A, that you were a scumbag for having Josh Allen and then picking up another quarterback, which I understand why you did it. We don't know if that game's going to happen, um, the Bills-Texans game. But I told you, like, there's ebbs and flows for how we view everyone's teams week to week. But... Um, but I feel like coming into this week, I really, really like your team. Like your team performed good last week. You have a high projection this week. Just like the overall feel of your team right now is like pretty solid. Yeah, a good week always helps the the morale boost. I think for me, the biggest part was, you know, George Kittle is supposed to be my difference maker. That's where that's the position where I'm supposed to be better than everyone else. At and so you know, losing him, you know, that's for half of week one, and then weeks two and three. Obviously, my team is going to look much weaker because I'm not always going to be better at running back and receiver than everyone else. But 
with Kittle, I should be better at tight end and at least comparable at quarterback, if not better than people. So we'll see. I think I still have a little bit of work to do. I kind of have what I'd consider as four wide receiver twos. So maybe seeing if I can if I can turn them into something a little greater will be the goal over the next uh, few weeks here. Like that. So. Well, I, move I actually just got called out because I'm in some talks with a couple of league members. And they're like, are you recording a podcast right now? Are you talking to us while you're like talking about this on air? And I'm like, I'm not talking <laughs> about it on air. Uh, I was like, we just started recording the podcast. But it feels like trade talks are heating up. Are you, are you guys getting that feeling as well? Um, I, 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 I'll say, I'll say I've gotten a lot of, a lot more offers here in the last week or so. Um, I haven't there and there's a, there's been two players in particular that I, that I've tried to pursue, but, um, I, I haven't been, I, this is the, this is definitely the longest I've gone in a season without being close to, um, actually executing a trade i'll say yeah i think one of the things that i'm thinking about is potentially not trading is with you know covid games potentially being postponed i mean if you look at some of the starting rosters out there this week we got a there's a lot of trash there's a lot of trash being started in a lot of matchups and that's only with two bye weeks if say the you know, Raiders, Chiefs, and the Patriots, Broncos get postponed and the Bills, uh, Titans get postponed or something this week. I mean, it's going to, I mean, there's going to be some extremely bad matchups. I mean, I won't even have a roster if that happens. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe having, yeah, true. If you, if you lose Singletary, you don't even have a running back this week. So like maybe having a, a third running back, or a fourth receiver or someone else that you can plug in isn't the worst case scenario um, because the value of starting a, a decent running back three or yeah, running back three, even in your two spot or a wide receiver three in your flex spot over just picking someone up off of waivers. Cause our waiver wire is gross right now. Maybe there is some added value to that. So that's one of the reasons why I think some people may be holding on to their depth to kind of play that scenario because what happens in a week when there's six bye weeks and then a couple games get postponed because of COVID, I mean, people could be starting some, some extremely bad rosters. There's that and people aren't willing to trade away their high end talent at this point in the year. It's just too early. Like everyone still has a chance at the playoffs, obviously like uh, even one in threes, what, what being one in three, I'm one game out of, I'm one game out of the playoffs. So it's like, you don't, True. you don't have to like, be like, I have to win this week. Like I can't put up with these buys. Like I can't put up with this bad matchup. I can't wait for this person to get healthy. Like you, you can put up with all of those things at this point in the year and not to really like that week seven mark. I think you're like kind of thinking like, okay, like, I can't afford any more losses or you kind of know where you are. You're like, I need to make a push for the playoffs or I need to sure up, start maybe looking at like down the road matchups or you're thinking I got to like find a way to climb out of the toilet bowl. 
Yep, yep. I would actually agree with that. With it is kind of everyone. Everyone's at least got one win, and you know Vincent's four zero. But there is a lot of teams kind of bunched in the middle. And take this with a grain of salt when listening to advice from us. You are talking to the teams in ninth, tenth, and twelfth place right now. So a couple of bottom feeders we got going on in the podcast right now. So. Vincent, um, one Vincent of the things being that I kind of... and not even having 400 points scored is absolute trash. Yeah, and I guess maybe that'd be a you know a good first question. At what point in the season do you guys find yourself rooting for or against certain teams based on their their standing or rank in the league? Like when Vincent was playing, you know, Perk, were you rooting for Vincent and Perk not just to see who wins, but for like positions in the standings, did you think it would suit you better if Vincent went to four and zero, or if Perk went to two and two? Do you guys find yourself kind of looking at those matchups and seeing which one could potentially benefit you? Um, yeah, for sure. When I was staring down thirteenth place and just like no one wants to be, a, I don't care how early in the year it is, nobody wants to be in the toilet bowl at any point in the year. So I was like, if Perk wins this game, I'm going to be in 13th place. So, like, that's not a good feeling. So, yeah, I was kind of rooting for Vincent there. Like, not that there's a big difference between 12th and 13th, and they could just as easily flip this week, me and Perk. Um, but, you know, mentally, it's, it's important for a man. It is important for a man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would definitely say – I less so at the beginning of the year but once we hit rivalry week i would say like week six is a really good kind of barometer you kind i feel like you have a much better idea um of you know where teams stand at and i have a real basic philosophy when it comes to rooting for fantasy football i root for the lower seed and then whoever is playing silva (laughs) Spoken like a true rival. That's a, so. That's it. That's good. that's really that's really what that. Those are my only two philosophies when it comes to fantasy football Sundays on other teams. So I usually would root for the for the you know the lower seed if I'm thinking that I could get a buy or first second place. But if I'm trying to make the playoffs later in the year, I want the one and two seed to keep winning and keep knocking down the guys that are fifth, sixth, seventh because that benefits me the best uh, in that scenario. So it really depends on where I am in the standing of who I'm rooting for. For for those. So how about we go over to, we talked a little bit about trades and not making trades. I kind of posed this question to you guys. If you could come up with a perfect trade, can include your team, but for two league managers, who would they be and why would it benefit both parties? Ryan, do you want to come up with who, What's your perfect trade? Um, so I'm going to keep it pretty simple. And if I think that Brad should be talking to Star and Brad should be offering Eckler because he really doesn't have the depth to sit on Eckler and he should be getting Kelly and either like Michael Gallup or like Marquise Brown. Hmm. So I've looked at potentially their rosters 
but I don't think Brad needs wide receiver help. He doesn't. Um, which is probably to probably do it. I was thinking if he third. a better a better running back would be a would have been my thought. Yes. Um, so, like Kelly and Ingram, maybe. Um, Chris really doesn't need him. Chris has got good running or Kelly and Dobbins. I mean, Ingram kind of sucks this year. Like, if he's not scoring touchdowns, he's just not getting the volume. Yeah, I think that's the same thing with you know every running back in Baltimore. It's uh, or like need... Damian Harris. I forgot Chris it... has Damian Harris. Like some combination of like these guys and like and can, then Chris like he has a good team. He's going to win a lot of weeks coming up, and like he has Hunt, who's. I mean, if we're drafting today, not to get off topic, but if we're drafting today, like Cream Hunt's a top five pick. Oh yeah, uh, I would say a hundred percent. For the next six weeks, or for the rest of the year, I, yeah, he's going to be a top five. He's going to be a top five, play, like running back, week in and week out until, um, what's his name comes back. Yeah, thank Chubb. you. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess I would. So like, I would. I would put him more, like, more like ten with the amount of time that Eckler's going to be out supposedly. So he has Taylor and Hunt. And then he could throw Eckler in there and still have like good receivers between Thielen and Ridley, like and Chark. Like I'm if I'm Chris, I'm giving Brad choice of like any people on my bench and I'm just gonna sit on Eckler. Cause I can afford yep. to do so. Yep. That makes sense. I think that they're actually saying that Star and Brad were talking. Maybe it was Dave and Star, I don't know. But uh yeah, I think that would stars depth for uh potentially some more more talent makes makes sense uh, my trade is actually involving you devlin hmm. and i was saying that perk would trade you deandre swift and robbie anderson for devin singletary now i don't think it'd be a trade for this week but potentially after this week I think that could be a trade that benefits both both parties. What are your thoughts on that from a three thousand foot view perspective? Yeah, um, um, I don't know. Honestly, I would have to look a little further into Robbie Anderson. Um, I I don't really I don't know what kind of year he's having. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that definitely has. That, that definitely has some potential because I definitely need a – I definitely need a wide receiver. I'm, there's no hiding that. I have the worst wide receiving core in the league. Um, and so, I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah, if you got a wide receiver twos besides Johnny, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Devlin, how about you? Were you able to think of a kind of a, a trade? Yeah, yeah. yeah I or, actually yeah. – I think – um Ryan's team is uh a really interesting he has some really interesting trade pieces and he's probably not gonna like to hear it but I think I think he would he his roster may match up well with Joe's I think I think him and Joe each have a piece that the other is missing one or two and Edelman for Jones you think something like that I was looking at (laughs) um 
I, I definitely think that you guys, you got like, like you have the running backs, Ryan, that Joe needs. I, I, I appreciate that. Well, this is a good segue into my, uh, little segment here. (laughs) So as trade season's heating up and we're talking more, um, I'm going to give you guys an adjective and just top of the mind will alternate on the first adjective. John will go first. Devlin will go second. And the second adjective, Devlin will go first. John will go second. And I have, um, Five adjectives, and I want you to tell, and this is strictly pertaining to trade talks, I want you to tell me the first manager that comes to mind when I say that adjective. All right? All right. You got it. All right. First adjective. John, you're going first. Excitable. Eric Yando. I was going to say Jack. I was, well, I guess maybe could Jack for me, if I, you know, he's never really excited to trade me. He always thinks I'm trying to <laughs> screw him, gets mad at me, tells me to fuck off. And then maybe we have some conversation like an hour or two later. But I think Eric, if you, you know, say a big name, Eric is a big fan of big names. If you say a big name, Eric gets excited about that. It's like in case in point, Drew Brees, you know, he hears Drew Brees. He starts thinking back, you know, five years ago, Drew Brees is outstanding. I'm going to trade away a starting running back for him. That's excitable. I would, uh, yeah, the, the reason Jack came to mind for me was just because I feel like he's always trying to make blockbuster deals happen. He's uh, If he's making a trade, he's trading half his roster. So <laughs> I always just feel like if I, if I hear Jack is involved in a trade, it's usually uh, pretty, pretty exciting. So that's that's where I was coming from. But yeah, Yando's a great pick, I yeah. think. I think that that once you said his name, I, I kinda wanted to switch mine. <laughs> Ryan, did you have a any No any, no any, I any, uh, any I'm just the agitator. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I, I will comment on the commentary, but I'm not gonna give names. Um right. second adjective, Devlin, this is your first and then John second. Stingy. <laughs> um, hmm. Stingy. I would say, I would say Brad. I feel like you're never going to get one over on Brad. Oh, wait, I'll let John give his answer and then I'll explain. Yeah, I would say the exact opposite with, with Brad. Brad is not stingy. I feel like Brad is straight shooter. I think uh, Chris is extremely stingy. Like you could be haggling over his, you know, one of his last bench spots. He's like, no, but that's yeah, that's too much. I can't, I can't do. He's he's so good though. He's so good. By not putting, although I said I wouldn't say names, Chris has had it is who I had in mind when I uh, wrote that. <laughs> extremely stingy. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Yeah. I, yeah, I just my my thing with Brad, you're never gonna get one over on him. Um, he's very sound. He seems like he's very methodical, and sometimes you know that that can be a little stingy. I feel. I feel like there's. I wish there's a little more give and take. 
All right. Fair enough. Yep. All right. Uh, third one, John, you're up first. Pleasurable. Okay. I think Tyler Monnet would be, you just straight shooter. If he doesn't like what you're sending at him, he lets you know. If you find something that works out for both for both of you, he'll accept. He'll move forward. He wants to get a deal done. I've had nothing but uh, pleasurable experiences when trading with Tyler Monnet. Yeah, um, I mean, my honestly, my my initial my initial thought was Yando. I've had nothing but positive trade experience with with Yando. Um, he he's always been a really straight shooter, and we've been able to you know have very open negotiations and honest negotiations about our rosters. Um, and, and it's, it's always, it's, I always, I never feel like I've, I've gotten fleeced when I, when I've done a deal with Yando, which is maybe a bad thing, but I, uh, yeah, I, I would say Yando is, Yando is a very uh, pleasurable trader. All right. All right. I, uh, I agree with both those comments. I really didn't have anyone in mind there. I was curious what you guys say. All right, fourth one. Devlin, you're up first. Insulted. Uh, uh, Tyler Vincent, for sure. If you <laughs> if you try and lowball him on the first offer, he, or if he thinks he's getting lowballed, he he is he's not having it. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Yeah, I, I guess unfortunately I'd have to go Vincent as as well. It it just it's insulting when you like try to talk to him and you're trying to trade, I don't know, some like bench pieces back and forth, just like give him a receiver, give him a running back, get one back. And then all of a sudden he sends you an offer and it's for Edwards Alaire and Miles Sanders. And you're like, wait, 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 where did where did we get here? That's not even close to what we were, were talking about. So sorry, uh, yeah, sorry, buddy. Final one. This one's ultimate adjective, but it might be my favorite. John, you're up first. Fish. Okay. <laughs> oh, fish. Oh God. Unfortunately, I really don't think we have a lot of fish. Like in years past, we might have had fish, but everyone's too too knowledgeable now to really kind of pull one over on, on someone. So I can't really think of that many, anyone that would be. Yeah, but there's degrees of knowledgeable. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, obviously we know Perk doesn't trade with me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was going to say Perk was my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He just doesn't trade. trade. I don't don't know. I I don't really think we have a fish. Which maybe if, if you can't identify the fish, the fish <laughs> maybe I am the fish. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say Perk is my answer just because I, you know, I I feel like he he just is mostly unresponsive, and I I don't know if I've ever gotten a trade offer from Perk in the ten years that we've had this league. Yeah, he doesn't initiate a lot of a lot of nope. trade talks. So, he's he's more of just like a dead sure. fish, like like in the bedroom. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you're talking about Dick Schmorkins again? <laughs> I was wondering how long it'd take us to get off the rails, but we're here. Uh, we're, we've arrived. So, all right, that was a, that was a that was a all fun right. segment. Yes, did you like? Um, so one um, area that I kind of thought, or one thing I wanted to talk about, is if you just come up with like one or two players that you just don't like everyone else likes them everyone else thinks they're good they could be ranked good they could score points but you just don't like them for some reason and if you can explain the reasoning or if you just don't have a reason that's good as well do anyone come to like top of mind to you guys when you think of a player that you just is, is, would never be on your roster so my answer to this always in the past it's not as relevant this year and i'm trying to come up with this player this year but my answer to this in the past was always T.Y. Hill in. Like, he always had good years. It just always felt like the long ball shot, like the Sean Jackson, those streaker guys. T.Y. Hill in, I say, because he was like a higher end player and much better. Um, it's like. Do you know? I actually saw a fun stat. Do you know how many games T.Y. Hill has had over 90 yards? receiving since Andrew Luck retired? I'm guessing it's, I'm guessing guess it's at low. It? Three. I'll, I'll, I was going to say maybe one. Really? Zero. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I haven't come up with it. Like, he's that not is, exactly that relevant insane. this year, so it, that feels like a cop-out to me. Um, but that is, was always my answer in the past. I'm trying to think of someone better now that I'm like, oh, I probably wouldn't pay that for him. Sean, do you have uh, an idea? Because if not, I can I can name one. Oh, of you guys I have a very very clear cut <laughs> answer, and it is Fire. none other than Julio Jones. Julio Jones mm-hmm. in 2014. Scored 37 points, 37.4 points to be exact, on Mr. Tyler Vincent's roster to upset. Well, I was the five seed. He was the three. Irrelevant. He, I was leading going into Monday Night Football. Green Bay Packers were playing Atlanta at, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. And Julio Jones put up 260 yards on 11 receptions uh, and <laughs> scored a touchdown dagger late in the fourth quarter to end my fantasy football season in 2014. I don't know if you remember, up, up to 2014, I was pretty a pretty hot hot manager in this league, had made a almost, a, you know, had gone deep, deep runs in the playoffs, made the playoffs pretty consistently. And that one single performance took me on a three-year spiral out of the playoffs into this league, and I will never forgive that man for that night. That is that is outstanding. I feel like if I can do like the thirty for thirty, is like, what if I were to tell you that one player in one night could send a, a fantasy manager into a three-year spiral. I'm not going to say that it was like, I feel like that would be a perfect Sunday, December 7th or anything. It might be the worst day in that history, and that's including Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yep. Uh, God damn. That's a good one. So uh, my guy and, and Ryan, I'm going to you know, put you right on blast here, but my guy is uh, David Montgomery. 
And I think this might have to do the fact that I was very high on him last year and he screwed me over. But the combination of an O-line that is just mediocre, uh, a play caller that just gets really pass happy, especially in the red zone or gets very gimmicky around the goal line, just is extremely frustrating to me. Um, I guess he is a little bit better without Cohen in there where he can get him a little more passing down work. But uh, that's someone that I just I just don't like. And maybe a fun stat about him. Do you know how many carries he has inside the 10-yard um, line? I heard this the other day, I feel like. I can't remember. It's It's one. And it's the only Bears rushing attempt inside the 10-yard line. <laughs> which is just insane to, th- to think so, about. But that's that's so, like, Matt, Matt Nagy for you. And honestly, I, I certainly wasn't targeting him going into the year. I just kind of fell into him. And I was like, oh, he's a nice death piece. I'll trade him eventually. And then Cohen got hurt. And I think I'm coming around to him for the sole sense that he got six targets last week. And I look at Cohen's targets going back like the last couple of years and like it, it provides a pretty nice floor. Yeah. And I'll agree with that with, with Cohen there, he would have been stay away without Cohen. He is a little bit better in my mind, but it's still someone that I just, yep. Maybe have nightmares yeah, from, you know, from, from him from years past. Um, all right. Do you guys have anyone, anyone else that comes to mind, or you want to go on to the next? Uh... Yeah, I mean, uh, Julio Jones is. I mean, other than that, there's really, there really is no second. <laughs> oh, breaking news, fellas! I just got uh, my second COVID player of the year, Robert. Who was the Titans place Corey <laughs> Davis mm-hmm. on the uh, COVID IR? Yikes! Make sure that a new drop gets in there. That was like that was like from six. That was like from that was like from six hours ago, I'm, right? You I'm should already have a player in your roster right now. But team uh, COVID. You, you, do we do COVID. like a bonus fifty dollars? Whoever gets the most uh, COVID players. <laughs> I think that was proposed, but uh, not enough people voted in the survey monkey. Damn so monkey! We just couldn't uh, implement it this year. You hate to hear it. You hate Damn to hear monkey. it. So, all right. So, I have one other, you know, segment that just kind of came to my mind with my recent struggles at the defense position because I have scored negative three points combined over the past two weeks, mm-hmm. which is just really painful. Um, but starting from there, if you were to someone were to tell you, you would just get an eight eight points from your defense every week for the entire year, or you could play the same, the game draft them or, you know, play the, who's playing the Jets game or whatever. Would you guys take the eight points or would you want to, you know, the, the flux or the, uh, the randomness of how many points of defense scores? I'll take the eight points from the defense. Really? That's an interesting answer from you. Yep. I just have enough faith in the rest of my roster that I don't feel the need. Usually my roster construction consists of like high floor guys. So I feel like if I'm not getting completely, if I can minimize 
the difference, which usually means just taking an average score, um, then I trust my other position players to, if we're saying like eight points is like an average defensive score, then I'm, I'm going to take the eight points and try yeah. and beat them in other places. Yeah, I think I chose eight points because it seemed like that would be like a seventh or so defense yeah. on the week. Then I'm taking it. Yeah, well, I, I, you guys, I, I was gonna say I would take, I would take the wild card until you guys kind of just talked me into it. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. I think you guys have a pretty sound argument. I, I just like, especially if if you draft defenses based on matchup or you, you know, you really value going after one of those. You know, it's one of those like the Patriots last year where. You know that defense can you know straight up win you weeks. Like I, I just think it adds another another element to your roster. And if I can get my hands on on one of those teams, then then I'm I'm all for it all all day. Yeah, I mean i I think one of the biggest problems this year with defenses is with scoring up so much and penalties down so much that people are getting more yards, getting more points, that defenses are it's getting harder and harder to find, like, a juicy defense matchup. Like, you used to be like, okay, who's playing, like, one of these four teams? Okay, I'm good. But now there's only, like, a couple teams where it's, like, a no-doubt, like, play, you know, play this defense against the Jets, I guess, Jets, Giants, Broncos with an injured injured quarterback. Um, would be kind of the main ones, but you're kind of running out of teams that you would actually want to play a defense against. And you're, and you're kind of almost saying like, okay, I would take a defense playing against the Texans and Falcons, even though they're good offenses, they do give up some sacks and and pressures, which lead to interceptions and pick sixes. So I, I think in that sense, I think the eight from the defense this year, especially is a pretty good number. That's fair. So, um, and then maybe take a little less time on this because it's a fucking kicker. But uh, how about the same thing with a kicker? Nine or ten points, like nine and a half points from your kicker, or do you like playing the matchups there? And that's once again, that's kind of like eighth or ninth. So, um, to not be a hypocrite, I'm actually going to say n- no. I will not take the eight or nine points from the kicker because I just dropped Myers, Seattle's kicker. Because Russ just simply cooks too much. They score way too many touchdowns and they don't get nearly enough field goals. But he was, he had such a high floor because of the extra points, like four or five of them a game. Like if he cooked one field goal, then you're looking at eight, point, eight or nine points. But I dropped him because I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going, I, I, need, I need to start swinging for the fences with the kicker because uh, Russ was just cooking too much. Yeah, I'm also very out on kickers right now because I spent a lot of money on Greg the Leg, and he has not performed in Dallas this year. Likewise, because Dak is just scoring all the touchdowns. So, um, yeah, no, pretty out on kickers. I'll take the nine and a half. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with Ryan that I – I guess maybe I'll disagree with you. I would say that I would rather – not take the the nine nine and a half points and play the kicker game. I I felt like I've come up with a decent 
kind of theory in my head of what type of kickers I want to play and, and what matchups and why I want to play them. So I think I can do better than the average by playing the right kickers in the right spot. Now, whether that's actually true, who knows? I'll probably put up a point or two for my kicker this week, but uh, I, I would I would welcome the variance in the kicker. John, off-season podcast idea. Uh, I would love to hear more about your theory on fantasy football kickers. I think that's a four, full 30-minute segment right there. That's, that, that's, <laughs> I think, people are going to tune in that for that. Is, that's gold. Cold, Jerry. works so um all right i told you about you guys about this kind of uh session from the start or section from the start um play a little guessing game here and this is going for qbs that went under five dollars in the draft so five dollars or under in the draft and on a points-per-game basis, so if they didn't play a week, don't don't include that against them, just on a points-per-game basis, how many guys are in the top 10, and can you name them? And kind of go just, you know, open conversation between the two of you. Um, Hopefully so, I a so wait, job how that. many QBs are in the top 10 that went for what? Okay. $5 or less. Hmm. You you want us to name them? I, I want I you want you to guess how many of the top ten are these guys okay. and yes um, name I'll, as many I'll as you guess, can. I'll guess eight. Ryan, what's your I'm what's your guess, guess? Four. So mm. five is the correct answer. So, do you, I think you guys will be able to name four of the top so, five. So, take Josh uh, Allen as the low-hanging fruit. Say it, say it. Yep, so he's number take number three at four dollars. Aaron Rodgers. Yep, he's number five at, and he was three dollars. Uh, Matt Ryan? <laughs> I can't remember what I spent. Is it five dollars nope. or less? Okay, five dollars Brady less, then, because yes. I spent five dollars on him. Yep, Brady's. So one more. Yep, Brady's number eight. Uh, well, there's two more. I only think you're aware of. No. That's a good guess, right? Um, I'm clearly no help here. Um, per game on a per game basis. I'll guess Cam. And Dak, Dak had to go for more than $5, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, Dak went for $11, so he's up. But, yes, Cam, Cam for $3 is number seven. And then the last Teddy one is going to be – Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, per, is it Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, it's almost impossible. It's uh, oh, Herbert. Herbert. No, it's Herbert. Or Herbie, Herbie Hancock. Is that how you say it? I don't know. But he <laughs> he's number 10. He's number 10, and obviously he was undrafted. He's kind of a stud. So. Yeah, he, he does seem to be a little bit of a stud. I mean, he's, he's he, two, two, 
Yeah, and he, and he I think he's had a couple of rushing touchdowns, which probably he's so much better than a little bit. Uh, Tyrod. So Tyrod was a boring. Yeah, uh, Herbert's been way. I better. wonder if yeah. they're gonna go back to him though. Yeah, wait, man. I I can't imagine they would do that. Herbert actually gives no him a sense, chance. But... He's he's exciting, and he, I think he gives him a better chance to win. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. So, all right. Well, how about we play the same a similar game for running back? So this we're going to do top fifteen uh, under twenty dollars. Once again, this is per game scoring. So if a guy's missed a week, it's not going to penalize him here. So there's, why well, you guess how many of the top fifteen were under twenty dollars, and can you name them? Say sorry one more time. So, how many guys under twenty dollars on draft day are in the top fifteen point per game scoring right now? Hmm. Thirteen. I'll guess that's seven. too high. No. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Way, way too high. Uh, there's there's been four guys. Mm. Yeah. So four four guys. Can you try to name the four? I think three of them. Ezekiel Elliott. Gettable. One of them is going to be tough. He went way more than. 20 bucks. So guys that the guys that oh, were under under 20, under 20 bucks. bucks that are in the top 10. Top, <laughs> top 15. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, someone was asking me to yeah. work because I'm doing the podcast upstairs in front of my computer and then someone slacked me and then I got all distracted and wasn't listening. This is great radio right now, I can tell. <laughs> this, is, this is classic radio. We'll okay, part. so four guys that went for under twenty dollars top fifteen. Can you name can you name any of them? Calvin Ridley. Oh my god. Oh running back. Running back. Talking about running backs. This is this is unbelievable. I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess absolute train wreck. Uh McKinnon. Yeah, McKinnon. I, I didn't think you'd get him. He was he's running back thirteen. He went for uh, a James Robinson. So there's James Robinson is number eight. He went for three dollars oh, to Eric Handel. Hunt. Hunt's got to be another one. Yep, Hunt's Hunt's number nine. This last he one went for fifteen dollars to star. So wait, you you who did you guess, Ryan? James Robinson. This Jacksonville running back. Oh, Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this guy is number five. Mike Remember, Dan- it's points per game scoring. Ooh, so may have, I thought I had one. Uh, no. I, I So I think oh, he actually right, technically right. played the first couple yeah. weeks, so it, he wouldn't. Oh, uh, the guy, oh, the guy a couple in weeks. Um, Taylor in Indy. He, he went for too much money. Mm, nope. Uh, he he might have I I I don't I don't know I didn't have any problems. Ah, so mustard. it's the mustard man out in San Francisco. I forgot. I so forgot he's he uh, he's number five. Yeah, so he went for sixteen uh, sixteen dollars, 
and he's only played two weeks, but I think he's averaging like 18 points in those two weeks or something like that. So two, uh, two 49ers. So maybe something for next year's draft to uh, keep in mind is good running backs on, uh, you know, or good running teams, cheap running backs, just get invested in it because McKinnon most are. I think that's great strategy. You're writing it down now. Yep. The last thing and Ryan, get off the slack, pay attention. So, this is top 20. We're doing wide receivers. Under 10 Top bucks. 20, under $10. Top 20, under $10. Under $10. Oh, so, this... uh, and so we have to guess how many. God, devil, it's the same game that we've been yeah, playing Yeah, guess how last. many you think. <laughs> so... I'll go six. I'll go ten. Damn. There have been there are four. There are four. And I think that's a key thing to think about is you know, everyone wants to get these running back heavy things, but there is very few receivers that ascend to like the top of the ranking where there's much more variability in, in running backs which is why the whole zero RB um, strategy is an actual strategy. But anyway, getting back to the point, what uh, can you guys name? Robbie Anderson. Name some of these guys. It, it's not easy. Um, I've been eyeing him. Robbie the Anderson guy, is guy, number 17. I wonder what Park wants for him. He's kind yeah, of sexy. I, yeah, he's, he's good. We, Mike and I were both high on him last week. Yeah. Hurt. And we wanted to bet. I'll take, I'll, take a, I'll, take, um, I'll take a look at Robbie Anderson. He sounded better by the minute. <laughs> so he's he was one do- he was one dollar. Um, uh, there's three others here. Any other guesses? CD Lamb. No, he was way over ten bucks. I think. Oh. CD Lamb, number twenty. I, for, I have for four dollars. Like Ryan's hot right now. Lucky, because I was also looking at him too. I'm trying to think of players I looked at today that might be cheap and their owners might like yeah. not realize what they have. Yeah. Um, and there's one guy who's kind of been hurt, so he's only played two games. And there's another guy that uh, just kind of just got uh, got hurt and got ruled out as well. Yeah, I'm uh, Justin, Justin just, Jefferson. I can name the two if you want. Right? He's not. No, he's he's not. So number three in points per game scoring oh, at the receiver position is actually uh, Jameson Crowder. Said, I, that was what I should have got. Yeah. Yep. I guess it does kind of help when you only play two games, then and, and you have two decent ones. It's easy to be up there for now, but um, you know Crowder's been good, and the next one is number thirteen. Ah. Is Alan yeah. Lazard that um, one? I would have never got yeah. So and Crowder yeah, him no. were both two dollars. I never would have so. guessed him. Yeah, yeah. So some some interesting points there. So yeah. So I guess there's just a little bit on kind of draft value and where you can get guys outside of or cheaply and still have them perform in the you know top twenty, top fifteen at the positions. So. Um, I think I think maybe have one or two more things to talk about, but I guess the 
we did not hit on the you know parlay lock of a century last uh, last podcast. Uh, I will say that Mike was one and zero. I was one and zero. Unfortunately, the Salt Man let us down with the uh, Texas not only not covering eleven but losing a game straight up. So I uh, I told you guys to bring your your best pick. So why don't you guys let me know, uh, Ryan? Why don't you go first? Who's what's your? Uh, um, why don't I not go here? first? <laughs> I just I'm afraid I'm going to take your guys, and then you won't be prepared with the second one. I'm prepared. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> I'm prepared, Miss Vaughn. So. All right, uh, my Sean, co- my college you, football uh, lock of the week for this week is the over in the UNC Virginia Tech game. I'm seeing it at 59 points. Uh, I'm uh, opened up at 60. Uh, I think those are just two high-powered offenses, both two and zero. Um, they've I know UNC's put up over 30 points here at least two, uh, at least one of the weeks. So I just I think that's going to be a barn burner, total shootout, and uh, love the points. Nothing, nothing more points? fun than uh, than rooting for points. Um, yeah, my uh, my favorite pick of the week is actually uh, Tennessee getting twelve and a half points against Georgia. I uh, I think when because the over under is forty three. When the over-under is that low, points are so much more valuable in a game like that that's going to kind of be a running, grind the clock. I think Georgia wants to win this game, but they want to win it kind of slow, methodically and ugly, methodical and ugly. I could see like a 24-14 type game where you still get the cover on, on Tennessee. I mean, I think Tennessee will be in the game late with a chance to to win. So I think twelve and a half is too many points. Do you in, uh, do you are you scared SEC at all that that line's there. moved already two and a half points? I, I saw that it's moved two and a half points because it came off of a you know it, when it powers through a key number like that. As a, a wise friend once told me, uh, the late move is the right move. So uh, I'm going to stick stick with that when the line's moving in your direction. Or against your direction, you exactly. want to get on it as soon as no, possible because all the sharp money. I, I just was well. wondering if it's too late to get in now, but yeah, I, I think at twelve and a half, I still, I, I think Love it will be down to more like Go eleven balls. by. Uh, by I'm going with great place. the Florida Gators minus six and a half versus Texas A and M. I just don't think I think Florida's the real deal this year. I don't think six and a half is enough uh texas a&m lost to alabama by 24 and it didn't look particularly close and i think florida's a lot closer to alabama than texas a&m like than that 24 points like represented so the way i'm thinking about it is like i still got 15 and a half that i'm working with because i think florida's pretty close i think i believe in florida this year i think they're the real deal and I think they easily cover six and a half, no problem. Gotcha. All right. Well, there. Uh, let us know if you want to get on the, the the parlay here. We got the over fifty nine in UNC Virginia Tech. We got the Vols plus twelve and a half, oh. and Florida minus six and a half. 
I know that everyone who everyone who joined us last week, we did lose the initial parlay, but then we pressed it on the late night game and got our money back. So uh, uh, everyone, we are still even for the uh, how about the podcast, uh, how about Syracuse uh, being two and a half here. point home dogs to an zero and four Duke team? I kind. <laughs> I kind yeah, of wanted to that's take just Houston pound the money Raider, line on the Houston. It felt like a, it felt like a cop out. Yeah, it was a little bit of a pander play, but I I would have expected nothing less than from you, RC. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm looking at that and I'm like, oh my god, how bad is Syracuse? Oof. <laughs> I mean, they're not. John, don't be talking bad about the Houston. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've only watched one of their games, but by God, they're really bad. That they're, they're they're more or less unwatchable. I have no idea how Florida or Georgia Tech lost to them. Yeah, no, but hey, how you know home, bad Florida State is because Georgia Tech beat Florida State. Home dog to an zero and four team. I mean, hey, I, if you're ever gonna bet Syracuse, now's the time. Um. Should we do uh, our champion some championship picks to finish it up? I want to know if your opinion has changed yet, John. Yeah, so absolutely, why don't you, absolutely. Uh, why don't you, uh, Ryan? Yeah, I, I think uh, this week I'll just—I mean, just just Star is kind of—you uh, know—I think he drafted well. I think he's been pretty fortunate of not really having any you know, major injuries and, and kind of having some ones work in his favor. I think he's got to be the Vegas favorite right now to repeat and get to, get to three titles. So I'm going to say him um, over Mikey. I like what Mikey's done with his uh, receiving core. I think those three will just continue to put up points for him. And he's got, you know, the greatest tight end, tight end since sliced bread. So uh, I'll say star over Mikey, which I believe is a rematch of the star's first championship. When Mike forgot to, it was something he with like, like he started like an inactive play or something. It wasn't a Keenan. I feel like it was Keenan. Why well, uh, like a running back for the Bucks? No, like I want to look back. Peyton Barber or something. What year? No, I'm sure. I'm sure Mike and Chris could probably elaborate on more details. So yeah, thirteen. Uh, don't. Don't know. So, um, yeah, Sean, yeah. Looking, well, uh, before you give your uh, your championship, no, I, yeah, I don't, of course, of oh, course, can't do can't do your team as well at but. this point. Well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll start off by uh, giving you my toilet bowl selection for this year. Uh, my toilet bowl, uh, it's looking like it's going to be oh, nice. uh, Yando, and I have a miraculous fall from Grace Silva uh, in the toilet bowl as well. Um, and I, uh, I actually see Silva paddling across the, uh, the Onondaga Lake here, uh, come next spring. So that's where my pick was for, for toilet bowl. Shout out Silva. Um, no, for seriously for my, um, I do like the star and, uh, and Mike pick. I think those, those, those are two dark horses. I actually really like stars team. Uh, felt the full wrath of that already this season. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with star over, um, Tyler Vincent. That is going to be my pick for the, for the final. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, Vincent's got pretty lucky so far, but you know, starting out four and zero gives you a lot and of flexibility and making trades he's with got, more desperate people. And Vincent right does now. have some talent. Yeah, yeah, he does have some good players. So I could see him, you know, getting Le'Veon back, getting Fournette back, and then you know, actually turning into more of a juggernaut with some few trades. So, so yeah, I think it's a, a good pick um, there. So Star in his first championship actually beat Vincent. So I think it might have been a semifinal or something. So I haven't actually been able to find what game it was and who the player was. But I'm going to go with Star, just really build him up. And I'm going to go with J-Law. Like I said, I ebbs and flows. If I had to um, change teams with somebody, I think think I'm going with J-Law. I think A.J. Brown coming back, absolutely fleecing me for Devontae Parker. And then he's got like a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if they can commit to him. (laughs) inside the 10 a little bit like he's a no-brainer like rb1 type high-end rb1 type guy and then miles sanders is like right be right behind him and kind of like the that lower tier rb1 type of that 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 next after those initial guys um and then like you know you got debo samuel coming back healthy Josh Allen, just absolute fire. He's got George Kittle, so he's got the tight end QB advantage most weeks. So, and then, he, I mean, his wide receivers aren't knockout, but between A.J. Brown, Parker, Fuller, and Debo, like, you got to feel like he can sting it together. And then Miles Gaskins actually looked um, fairly good. I, I kind of want to say he's, like, a good football player because – like that, he passes the eye test in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, s- settle down. My pants are getting tight right now. <laughs> so, all right, boys. Well, uh, appreciate you guys hopping on. Face, I'm glad we got you on your uh, your first podcast. I think we're about an Did hour in right comments? now, which is kind of the maximum people want to hear us uh, talk about nonsense. So. Uh, uh, well, we did, but I, it's, it's very difficult to put a call in because then I have to cut it up. So if you want to, if Mr. B- Billy we'll, we'll save it for Big Buckets week. wants to talk about his question, we can certainly talk about it at this point. We'll save it for another <laughs> week uh, at, uh, at a better time. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, it was an impressive call in. I think Silva tried to call in about some COVID rule violations and he was trying to spew some salt there so we'll save yeah, those sounds uh, good maybe we'll have i appreciate a call you having me on johnny thank you very much hopefully uh won't be another 10 years before the next one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right see you guys